to die He might give eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. But now look at the next statement. In John chapter 8, verse 29, this is what he says. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Now remember this in the Great Commission. When he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And lo, I am with you always. Meaning that if when you go, he goes with us. So if the Holy Spirit lives within me. And the Bible talks about Jesus lives within me. And God lives in me. So everywhere I go, I've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So why should I be afraid if I got three of them on my side and they want me to do this particular thing? So should I go? Should I do it? And I could uh, try to justify, I'm nervous. I'm scared. You'd be surprised how many times I used to be so afraid to get up in front of people. I know it's so difficult for people to believe that now. You just think, I've always been like it. No, I haven't. I used to be scared to death to get up in front of anybody. I was petrified. But little by little, I tried to get out of my shell because I thought, well, them going to hell is more important than my feelings and my fear. So courage is fear that says its prayers and goes ahead. Even the Apostle Paul says, I was with you in fear and in trembling. And God has chosen to save those that will simply believe. So why can't we do what we're supposed to do? So he says, for I do, in the last part of verse 8, 29, for I do always those things that please him. Now this is Jesus speaking. As the Son of God, he says, I always do those things that please my Father. And one of the verses that I like in John chapter 14 and verse 31, he says, that the world may know that I love the Father. Even so I do. In other words, I want the world to know, Jesus says, that I love my Heavenly Father. And that's why I do what I do. And so I want the world to know that I love the Lord. So that's why I do what I do. And I want people to love the Lord. I don't care if people love me or not. Well, I'd like them to like me a little bit. But I want people to love the Lord. Because if you fall in love with the Lord, then you want to please the Lord. And if you don't want to please the Lord, it's because you don't love Him. You want to please your wife because you love your wife. Please your husband because you love your husband. And it's that way. That's the way it works. Look at the next verse. Romans 15 and verse 1. 
He says, we then that are strong ought to help the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, there's verses that talks about we're not here just to try to please people. That was in doctrinal issues that we'll look at in just a moment. But there is this thing about trying to let God use us to please people. In other words, give them what they need. Look up here at that word please at the top of the page. What does it mean? Cause to feel happy, satisfied, nice, agreeable, pleasant, pleasurable, satisfying, gratifying, welcome, good, acceptable. Aren't there a lot of good words? So when you talk about pleasing God, these are some things that really please the Lord. And they're acceptable. Some places will talk about, you know, this is acceptable with the Lord. Uh, it talks about a lot of different things. And we are accepted in the beloved. Because see, this is what pleases God, to save a man by grace. Because that way no man can say that he's earned the right to go to heaven and he gets all the honor and the glory. No, it pleases God to do it by grace and give it as an offer to every individual freely. And this is what God wants to do. Now, I love where Jesus made this statement. I do always. Now, we sometimes, well, once in a while, I try to please God. So whenever you love the Lord, you want to try to exemplify that in every area of your life. I don't care if it's in the way you talk to please the Lord, where you walk to please the Lord, your attitude to please the Lord, everything that you have, how you give to please the Lord, the witnessing why to please the Lord, read the Bible why to please the Lord, study the Bible why to please the Lord. You see, all those things is to please God. But let's say you don't want to please God. Then all those things, why do them? You see, there's got to be an, an, another, a, a motive that's stronger than everything else that makes everything work. It's that nuclear glue that holds everything together. Remember we just read in the book of Colossians in chapter 1 where it says, And by him all things consist or held together. And by your love for the Lord makes everything else work. It holds your whole life together. Otherwise, see, you'll fall apart so easy. Because nothing makes sense. You don't know what the priority anymore. He is to have preeminence in our life. And that is so important. Look at uh, Romans 15 and verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to, and the word edification, you just circle it on your page there or mark it some way, is edifying, not edifying. Some people just love to set people on fire in the sense of trying to destroy them. Edify means to beautify what's there and add to it. Edifying one another means Beautifying what's there and adding to it. In other words, be thankful for where people are, but you want to encourage them to do more, to build them up. So we have to be careful not to tear people down. You don't try to tear your wife down. You don't try to tear your husband down. You don't try to tear the kids down. You don't try to tear your parents down. You always want to say and do the things that encourage and build them. Everybody having a rough time. It's rough on everybody. But now, in this verse 2... Write this word beside the word edification. Believers. You see, there's something about the way we're supposed to do, especially to them that are of the household of faith. And that is, to believers, we're supposed to edify them up. Now, in the next verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33. 
even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many. And now that's because, and you write this out from the word saved, these are lost. See, the word before believers, when it comes to the loss, you try to do whatever you can in whatever way you can to talk to people about sin that they can get them to trust Christ as Savior. And you'd be surprised. Some people can't see the individual because they see all the, the tree. There's too many. I mean, there's the whole world out there. All right, forget about the world. Just take advantage of one that you got. And this one here and that one there and that one there. If you can't win them to the Lord a million at a time, okay, just settle for one. Can you handle that? And you can always find a victim somewhere. And it's, uh, it's amazing. To, you say, well, I don't know where any lost people are. Well, they're everywhere. And sometimes you might have to ask them. But now get this in verse 33. Even as I please, all men and everything. This is why in the book of Corinthians in chapter 9, he says, I become to the Jew as a Jew that I can win a Jew. And I become to the Gentile as a Gentile that I can win a Gentile. And I became as under the law. Whatever it was, that I may save some, that I may save some, that I may save some. In other words, he's not talking about sinning. He's talking about doing right, but working in different areas, in different groups, in different ways, using different scriptures, learning how to approach and how to present the gospel and how to draw the net. Because a lot of times people can catch a fish on a hook, but they can't get them into the boat. They lose them. So you want to get them into the boat. Look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. I want you to take your Bible and look at this scripture because there's more here than meets the eye. In the book of Galatians in chapter 1, this is a a hard book. There's not a lot of compliments in this book. He's nailing it down because there was people that were challenging his authority and they were mutilating the gospel and some legalistic Judaizers were compromising the gospel and giving them a false message and telling them some things. And they were being moved from the truth. What they knew, they were changing. And people change. So look what it says in verse 6. This is the book of Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, where it says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. What were they going to do? They're adding works to the gospel. Trying to put people back on the law. You can't just get saved today and think that's all it does. You've got to still do this and this and this. And so he put them back under the law. Well, whenever your salvation depends upon you, then you're not going to have the joy that you used to have, the peace you used to have. Because now it's going to be up in the air. Because if your salvation depends on you, you can't be sure of you. You can't trust you. So why should you know for certain you're going to have eternal life if it depends on you? So he says in verse 8, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Then he says in verse 10, In other words, if you think the Apostle Paul was just a man pleaser and uh, he just got his gospel from somebody else or from the other apostles and he didn't really know the Lord and he hasn't really been called as an apostle by Christ and so forth. uh, They were trying to 
shake the foundation of these, these believers. And even though they were solid and straight when Paul left them, it didn't take long for somebody to come in. He said, I marvel that you're so soon or so quickly removed from him. They called you into the grace of Christ, into another gospel. And so now he says in verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? That little statement is very simple. Is Do I seek to please men or God? Who do you think I'm trying to please? He said, if I tried to please men, then I cannot be the servant of God. If you want to please the Lord, you're going to have to make up your mind. You can't please God and man always at the same time. Because people, they always change. God never does. So if you obey the word today, that word will not change. You can keep doing that for the rest of your life. You try to please people, and they ain't going to be the same tomorrow and the next day. People's desires change. They come and they go, and they're up one day and down the next, and they're friendly to you today, and they'll put a knife in your back tomorrow. I'm just telling you the truth. But you can't try to please God and make everybody love you at the same time. It's not going to happen. You'd be surprised how many times... I have preached the truth of the Bible, and I have people get mad and leave. Not because of anything I did wrong to them. They just don't like what I said. But it's not what I said. It's what the book says. Because I've always told people, find what I say that you believe is wrong. Doctrinally, the book. Whenever you want to correct me, just chapter and verse. Give me the chapter and the verse. Outside of that, I try to prove whatever I say by the, the book. Do you think in this church I please everybody? Everybody's just totally happy with me. You're not going to do it either. I don't care how holy and how godly you want to be, you're not going to please everybody. Not going to happen. And if you can't take the heat, what should you do? Stay out of the kitchen. In other words, it's like when you put your hands to the plow and you've got to make a straight row and usually you put some blinders on the horse for a reason. So he's not distracted by other things so he can keep him going straight. But a man who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back, which way is he going now? You don't know where he's going to end up. God says he's not fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, he's not fit to serve. Because you've got to put your, set your face like a flint. I'm going to serve the Lord. That's your main decision. Then you make all your little decisions as it relates to that big decision. But if you don't have that settled, nothing else will work. You won't know where you're going. You won't know any direction. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. I said to somebody just the other day, if I want to go to Denver, Colorado, I've got to get on the road to go to Denver, Colorado. But if I don't really want to go to Denver, Colorado, any road will do. And if you don't know really where you're going and what you want to accomplish, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. But if you want to please God, then you've got to find out what pleases God. And God says a double-minded man is what? Unstable. I'm going this way. Now I'm going this way. Now I'm going this way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm all confused. Well, la-di-da. So down here in verse 10. Now do I persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You can't have it both ways. Don't lose faith. Don't lose sight of what God wants to do in your life. But you do have to make up your mind, who do you want to please? You want to please the Lord? You can't always please people. 
Now, it's great when everybody studies the Bible and a group of people in the church, everybody wants to please God, then we can get along great. It's when you have somebody that doesn't want to please God and they've got sinful natures, then boom. If a man and a woman, you know, married, do they always have perfect harmony? I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand. But you know, there's always that confrontation sooner or later. But sooner or later, sometimes just a small adjustment can make it all come together. Look at the next statement. I wrote a little statement down here at Galatians 1.10. I got it in parenthesis. I want you to see that. If you must go against truth to make friends, what should you do? Lose the friends. If you have to go against truth to maintain a friend or to make a friend, the friend isn't worth being a friend. Love truth. Love truth. Look at the next statement. 1 Thessalonians 2.15 says, Who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, that they pleased not God. So there's people who will please God and there's people who will not please God. But believe it or not, everyone sitting in here tonight, you have a choice. Will you please God or will you not please God? Whose choice is that? Yours or God's? Whose choice is it to choose? You can choose to serve God and you can choose to please Him and you can choose to displease the Lord. But it's a choice. And nobody can make it for you. That's the decision you have to make. Look at the next statement. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as ye have received of us how, and you ought to unline this little phrase, you ought to walk. You see, after you trust Christ as Savior, there's a lot of things we ought to do, but you don't have to do it. We ought to love the Lord, but God won't make you love Him. God will say, this is how you ought to live. This is how you ought to walk. This is how you ought to talk. But He won't make you do it. Because He says, if you love me, do it. If you don't, then you're a disobedient child and He's going to chasten you. He's going to have to whoop you. But see, those are things you bring upon yourself. And nobody can make anybody else love the Lord. Nobody can make you say, I want to please God with my life. So the reason we read and study the Bible is to find out what pleases God. And some things that we can do can please God. And there's things that we can do that does not please God. So in the Word of God, you'll find some do's and don'ts. But to go to heaven, it's by grace alone. But for the blessings of God in your life and rewards when you get to heaven, depends upon what you do. So that's important. The next part of that verse, how you ought to walk and to please God. So ye would abound more and more. Now in the Philippians in chapter 1, it talks about that you'll grow in grace and abound in love more and more. So growing in the Lord, and it's because you gain in judgment your discernment. And because you do those things abound more and more, you'll learn more and more in your life how to please God. I would like to think that whenever I've trusted Christ as my Savior, I don't think I please God too much. <laughs> I mean, he had a tiger by the tail, and God had a lot of work to do. And I was still pretty rebellious. I, you know, I, I didn't mind serving God. I, took, I guess I'd do it my way. My way. You know, doing whatever I wanted to do. And Betty's dad had a lot of teaching to do for me and helping me. 
And then by going to Bible college, that, that helped me a lot more. I, I learned some of the Word of God uh, faster. See, I, I learned a lot in four years, but it could have taken me 20, 30, 40 years to learn that same thing. And then I could profit for the rest of my life. Remember that verse talking about profit, profit, profit. So everything in your life is about profit and loss. It's like in a business, you know. You're going to open up a business. And at the end of the month, you see whether or not did I gain or lose. Did I have any profit or did you lose? Well, your life is the same way. God says, I've given you all of this so that you can profit with it. And uh, that's why he says in the book of James chapter 2, he says, What doth it profit, my brethren? If a man say, blah, 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 blah. Now look at the next verse. 2 Timothy 2, 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Get this. That he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. Now see, once you trust Christ as your Savior, God has chosen you to be a soldier. You've been drafted. Some God's children just don't show up for duty. They're going to do their own thing. Go their own. They, they are A-W-O-L. What does A-W-O-L stand for? Absent. Absent without. Leave. In other words, you didn't have permission, but you're absent. But it means that you were responsible, but you're absent without leave. And a lot of God's children are absent without leave. And so, the next statement down here, and I love this verse. This is in Hebrews in chapter 11 and verse 6, where it says, But without faith it is impossible to do what? To please Him. So if one of the things that's so important is me pleasing God, then I need to learn how do I please God. Well, without faith you can't please Him. But what do you mean by without faith? You see, faith cometh how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Where is that found? Romans 10, 17. How can a blind man know all of this? And some of y'all sitting here. Yeah. Don't you know that, that blind man, he, he sees more than most people do. But Tom, you're right. And so without faith, it is impossible to please him. But what is the thing that God wants us to do? To please him. But you can't please him without faith. Okay, where do you buy that at? Costco? What do we need? You can just go to the grocery store and just say, I need a whole bucket of faith. And then take it home, just swallow it, and then, ta-da! But that's not where it is. It's found in the Word of God. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you've got to hear the Word of God and believe it. And so it is impossible to please him. Get this. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and get this, and that he is a rewarder. Rewarder. So this is talking about your service to the Lord. He is going to reward those who serve him. You have to believe that. And you don't go by where you are right now. He is a rewarder of them that get these last three words. Diligently seek him. Diligently seek to please him. So if you will diligently seek to please the Lord, God will bless your life. And he'll use you. So now remember, we're talking about this area. We're going to be saved from the presence of sin. We're not talking about that. When the Lord comes and gets us or when we die. We're saved already from the penalty of sin, which is hell. I can't go there. So I ain't worried about that. 
What we're talking about is this other portion in here is called save from the power of sin. The power of that sinful nature that you have inside of you. How are you going to have victory? Well, you've got to have faith in the Lord. And faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And it's impossible to please him. And so you have to believe that he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek to please him. But now, do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If you really want to please the Lord, then you've got to find out what it is God wants you to do. And don't begrudge God the time that he needs to train you. I thought I could outsmart God. You know, I'm always looking for the shortcuts. <laughs> I always find out the shortcut was five miles longer on a duh, bumpy road. And never won. A person who always wants to cut corners, you don't win. Because whatever you're cutting out, you're going to find out there's something you probably needed to learn that could have helped you on further down the road. Take the time that God needs to train you. Now, isn't that a good little message to help you want to learn how to please the Lord? Now you know it. I expect God's word that goes out to accomplish what he intended. Whether you obey it or you disobey it, God's purpose will be served. Because he knows what you just heard, right? He knows what you're going to do with it, right? He said, I'm not going to do a thing with that. Does he already know that? Can he beat the tar out of you because of it? He could. But he'll probably be merciful to you because God loves you so much. And he'll give you a little time. He'll give you enough rope to hang yourself. Look up here. This end represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in a literal fire burning hell. But he loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. But God loves us. He hates all these sins. And he says all the good works that we do will never pay for our sins. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said the only thing he wanted us to do, believe he did it for us. So when I believe it, he puts that payment to my account. I got a payment for all my sins. That's why I can't go to hell today. That's why I can't go to hell in the future. Why? I have a payment for my sins. You see, Christ was my payment. He died in my place. He was my payment. So when I accept Christ as my Savior, I'm accepting a payment for my sins. And he said, he'll never leave me and never forsake me. I'm going to heaven because of what he did on the cross for me. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here tonight or if you're watching by internet, the only thing you have to do is the only thing you can do. That's to believe that Christ loved you paid for your sins, came back from the dead, and wanted you to believe he did it for you. And that's something you can do. There's nothing else to do. It is finished. He paid our way to heaven. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that you would. With heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, but you understand what I'm saying. And if you've never done so, but you'll do it tonight, say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior and preach out life for you to pray for me. 
Friend, I'd love to know, and I'd love to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you, if you just slip your hand up very quickly, put it right back down. We do it with heads bowed and eyes closed. Not going to embarrass you. Is anyone at all? If you're watching by internet, right on the screen, it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. If you haven't, I pray that you will. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. And Lord, we do want to please you. Thank you for each person here. Use them for your honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amazing grace amazes me. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace.